today I will conclude our series, The Creator in Creation. And then next week, we'll launch a new series as we move into a season called Lent within the church. If that's new to you, it's a period of time where we connect to the kind of work of God in Jesus and this time of preparation and repentance and humility um, as we anticipate what God will do Easter weekend and Good Friday and everything in between. But we would encourage you to journey with us um, going forward. And so let me just tell you, what we've been doing is talking about this common thread of the kingdom of God in Scripture. That God is king, I am not. And everybody should cheer. God is king, I am not. There's this humility in the life that we're living that in the beginning, God created. And what we've been asking is this question, if in the beginning God created, and when you read the scriptures, you get this beautiful picture that God will make all things new, so he will create again. The question is, what is God creating now? What is God creating now? And what we believe is that in the kingdom of God, he is at work for the flourishing of people. And what we said is this, God is creating things right now. He's creating a community of blessing. God is creating a beloved community. God is creating a worshiping community. God is creating a community of restoration. And what we're going to find today is that God is creating a kingdom community. The family of God are a people who are yielding their lives to King Jesus and saying, you are in charge. It is your rule. It is your reign. It is your kingdom alive and at work in the hearts and minds of humans. And we are learning how to let you be in the authority seat and we will follow you. He is creating a kingdom community. And what we see if you look at the teachings of Jesus is that in the life ministry and teaching of Jesus, the kingdom of God is the primary focus. He came to proclaim the kingdom of God, to demonstrate the kingdom of God, and here's the good news for everybody, to invite you in, to invite you into relationship which allows you to live in the way of Jesus, in his kingdom, his rule, and his reign. Big boss, not so much. That's very theological of me. I know y'all appreciated that. It is the rule and reign of God himself that you can actually have a living, dynamic relationship with God where you draw life from God. And you let God lead and you let God guide and you let God direct and you learn how to yield your life in all things. And what I believe is central about this kingdom community that God is creating is this. We all must decide. Hear me. We all must decide if we want to live under the authority of God and yield to his kingdom agenda. And this makes it really hard on humans. It is this decision moment that honestly for you, will feel impossible at times. You will resist it, you will hold it off, and then you'll learn how to maybe step into it some, but not fully, and God is saying, we must decide. We must decide. And it's actually the compelling reality of his love for us. The compelling reality of his love is that if God is real, and I realize it takes faith, but if God is real, if God is real, 
And in the beginning, he did create the heavens and the earth. We must come to a decision point in our own lives, and we must decide if we will live life according to our own human authority or if we will yield our lives and say, God, all of me is available to you. I want to be a part of the kingdom community you are creating. Create in me a clean heart. Create in me a renewed mind. Create in me a life that yields to your spirit and follows you in all your ways. Do your work in me. The most courageous thing you can do to yield your life to the living God. And here's what I want to do before we just jump in. Uh, I want to be really clear about one thing. As I understand the scriptures and as we've been walking through the creation story, I want to be very clear. God has already decided about you. His decision is clear. He has chosen you before the foundations of the earth. In Jesus Christ, he has said, I love you and I want relationship with you. I love you. Decision made. You don't get to decide for God. As I understand the scriptures, God has said, I love you, and I'm posturing myself ready for relationship with you. What do you say? It would be prideful and arrogant of me to think I know the mind and heart of God better than God himself. The scriptures revealed by the Holy Spirit say God's love. God is love. God loves you. In Christ, he's revealed his love to the world so that all might know. God is clear. God loves you. What will you do with it? What will you do with it? Sort of feels like a holy moment. Like, what do you want? Just that simple. You don't have to get cleaned up first. You don't have to get your act together. You don't have to, like, get everything figured out. Like, what will you decide about where you're turning your life? He's creating a kingdom community. He's creating a kingdom community. And what I want you to understand is that God himself, we're going to see this in, in the scriptures, God himself is dwelling within his followers and God is creating a kingdom community where his presence is the identifiable thing that makes it all different. It's his presence. It's God the Holy Spirit. We talked about this in week two. The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that he's pouring out his spirit on all followers of Jesus and his spirit is proclaiming the love of God before we ever turn into relationship with God. He is pursuing us to the outer edges. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. And so what I want to do is I want you to see this, that we as a community who join him in his restorative work in the earth, that God is doing a fresh thing, but it is the same thing he has always been doing. He is making all things new and all things good. In the beginning, all things new, all things good. In the end, all things new, all things good. And in the middle, this is the work of his kingdom. This is the work of his kingdom. And here's why the decision is really hard. Because the kingdom community is discovering the resurrection power of the Spirit. 
The same power that raised Christ from the dead. We're going to celebrate that at Easter. Come join us. The same power. He wants that same power to be at work in you. And you know what that means? We have to learn to die. You only get resurrection power when you need to be... Ooh. In theory, I like this. In theory, I'm like, oh, yeah, God, let me have your resurrection power. You know what that means? I need it. You know why I need it? Because I'm learning to let myself die so that I get the better things of God's resurrection life, the way of Jesus. It costs. It's a comfortable word this morning. It's not my words. Listen to Jesus in Matthew 16. He's teaching, he's engaging, and this is, we're going to pick it up in verse uh, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. It is a decision. It is a decision. And it is a decision to walk in the way of Jesus and in humility say, I will deny self and I will die so that your resurrection power becomes the truest thing about me. Your resurrection life brings me to life. It is good news. It is the good news of the kingdom community that God is creating. So watch this video from the Bible Project on the Holy Spirit. Because the work of God is wanting to move on all of your life. And you want to know what it means. And we have to decide to bring all of our life into the presence of God so that the Creator can do His creative work in us and through us. Check out this video from the Bible Project. If you've ever heard the phrase, the Holy Spirit, and you want to know what it means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place, but then above the chaos, God's Spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but what is God's Spirit? Yeah, so the Spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to clear your throat at the end. So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy? How so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right. Wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. <sighs> so you feel that inside you. Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply. That, too, is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah, ruach. Now, while God's ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A new type of disorder. Yes, and the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others. How will this new act of God's spirit happen? So we'll Today, the spirit is still hovering in dark places. 
Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And the Christian hope is that the Spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity, living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving Spirit. In the beginning, God created. In the end, the scriptures say God is creating a new heaven and a new earth. The beginning is the end, and the end is eternity. This is the eternal work of God. In our men's Bible study, what we are doing together is we're reading the scriptures out loud, and we're saying, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? And I'm going to try to connect the dots for us a little bit about this kingdom community that God is creating by just reading a couple passages out of Revelation. And I'm just going to trust that you will hear the scriptures and that God will give life to them. So just allow the picture that's being painted in the scriptures to think about this kingdom work where God is creating and is up to good things right now. Revelation 7, starting in verse 9. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And listen to how they describe that in verse 17. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Now listen to how the picture is painted in Revelation 21. Starting in verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first earth and the and the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the, string, from the spring of the water of life. Do you see the picture? Do you see the faithfulness of God? Doing what only God can do to create and say, in the beginning, I created and was with you, dwelling among you. In the end, I'm creating and I'm with you and I'm among you. And it is the salvation that I am excited to give. Listen to Revelation 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb 
down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. If you want in on that picture, if you want in on that goodness, to spend eternity serving him, I have good news. Eternity begins when you say yes to Jesus, and we can learn to serve him now, and we can get in on that kingdom community now, and we can say, God, let your kingdom come. Let it come. We begin to wipe tears from eyes because plenty of tears are being shed. We pray prayers for healing because there's plenty of hurt. And we look with hope to the work of God and say, God, come, even so, come now, Lord Jesus. Because you are the giver of life and you are creating a kingdom community. You are the one who can make it all new. See, the king and his kingdom is this beautiful story that we've been seeing in creation in the beginning, God. Just let that wash over you because what that means is the pressure is off. You don't have to be God. Oh, good. So, more, so many like, less problems now to solve. You don't have to be God. You all look too young and beautiful to have been there in the beginning. In the beginning, God. He is king. And it is his kingdom established from the beginning. O rock, O rock of ages. O faithful one of love through all the generations. The creator is king. In the beginning, God. On the throne now. I love the picture that we see in Revelation that he is on the throne. Romans 8 says that the resurrected Jesus is there at the throne with the Father praying for you right now, alive, resurrected, and interceding for all people. This is good news. Like, this is great news. Alive now and at work. And as we just read, with us for eternity, because his dwelling is among the people, our future hope is revealed when the Spirit comes and says, that is not just for then, but I am ready to pour out my presence in your life now. It is a promise, and it is a, it is a tangible way to get in on eternity today. And here's what I know. The kingdom of God demands a decision. And it is a decision of dependence on God. And I'm just going to tell you, this confronts everything that is normative in our culture today. The kingdom of God demands a decision, and it is a decision of dependence, which is about humility. It's about laying your life down, and we begin to follow in the way of Jesus. Do you see the connection? It is just walking with the story of God among the people of God. And the best news is this. When you see the picture at the end, it is every tribe, every tongue, every nation, so that the nations would find healing in their Creator. That is the call of us to be a part of the global family of God, bringing healing to the nations. God is creating a kingdom, community. This is good news. 
This is the best news. The kingdom of God demands a decision. And so here's what I want us to understand about that. It is a decision that is two words, and it's actually quite simple. You ready? In two words. Like, I'm not giving you a hundred-point checklist here. Repent, believe. Repent, believe. In Mark 1, in verse 15, Jesus says this, the time has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. That's how Jesus calls us into a decision for the kingdom. Repent and believe. That means turn towards God and believe God can do what he says he'll do. Repent and believe. That is like as religious as we need to get. And here's what it'll be. It'll cost you your whole life. Because anytime we realize we've turned away from God, he's saying, turn back to me and believe again. Matthew 21, 32 says, Jesus again, teaching, for John came to you to show you the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. You did not believe him. What's interesting is in this text, he says, you did not believe him. He's calling correction the religious people of that day. He says, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. He confronts us on our decision about who he is and his kingdom way. And here's what's amazing about God. He will let you choose. He loves you. He's already chosen. He will let you choose. This is what it means to be a kingdom community, that we will, as a community, we will show humility to the world because we will continue to repent and believe, repent and believe. God is creating a kingdom community. And God is creating a kingdom community for all who receive Jesus as Lord. Again, I love small groups. I would encourage everybody to get into a small group. If you don't have one yet, that's okay. We'll help you find that. We're reading out of John in our men's Bible study. Listen to what this says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. This is speaking of Jesus. Again, do you see the thread that we're pulling, the creator and creation? He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It's a decision. It is a decision. And when we decide, watch what God does. We become children of God, children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. God, I decide that I will give you my life. Come create in me. Create in me the reality of being your child. Do the work in me that gives me the identity I need. Create in me who it is that you say that I am. It's a decision. God is creating a kingdom community through those who trust and obey him. Later on in the book of John, it says this. 
Remain in me as I also remain in you. It is relationship. It is connection. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, I get it. You might be feeling judged by the scriptures today. Who do you think you are to tell me I can do nothing apart from you? (laughs) His name is Jesus. He helped create all that we can see. But can I just tell you, this is the most helpful thought that we could hear, and then in humility, we have to yield our lives to. I have spent a lot of time with people trying to make their life the best possible, and we regularly try to do it disconnected from the Creator God. We try to create the best life possible. We try to use all of our energy and our resources to go build the best life possible. And the scriptures say, apart from God, you actually can do nothing. It's a decision. Who will you trust? Who will you obey? I just hope you can see it. And what's funny is, like, I feel like I'm preaching harshly at you today. Like, I'm just trying to be transparent. Like, this feels like one of those words that's like, you mean, you mean I have to, like, give up my whole life? Yeah. And here's the best news I can tell you. God has already decided. He gave up his. God is not asking you to do anything that he has not already revealed in Jesus. Jesus, in full humility, laid his life down. It says he came to be a servant. And the picture we see in eternity is people of every tribe, tongue, and nation worshiping God, serving him. It is freedom to realize we can worship God with all of our life and we no longer have to try to be God. He is creating a kingdom community. God is creating a kingdom community. All you have to do is receive. All you have to do is trust. All you have to do is obey God, that his words are life. And then we learn how to draw life from the source of life. We learn how to draw life from the source of life, okay? John 20, verses 30 and 31. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. This book did not record all the things that Jesus did. And listen to what that invites us to. Verse 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. that you would draw all of your life from the creator of life. That you would have life in his name. That it would be about God, that right now we would learn how to live in eternity. Here's what's interesting. If the scriptures are true, for all of eternity, it will not be about you. Like heaven is not about you. It is not about me. Turns out, it's not about me. You don't have to worship me for all eternity. Y'all are like, that's good. 
that's actually the most hopeful thing you've said today. Like, think about this. If you don't enjoy worshiping God, why would you want to go to heaven? You mean all of eternity we have to worship God and serve him? Yeah. That's what it's about. It's not about you. And that's freedom. And that is life. And that is good news. So what we're beginning to learn how to do as a kingdom community is practice heaven here on earth. So we can be free. And we can live into the words of Jesus that we can deny ourselves and we can bury ourselves in a tomb because it's the resurrection power of God that will raise us up. It's not about you. Be free today. Oh my goodness, be free. And then we can stand like we did when we received communion. I hope you don't go get tired of praying the Lord's Prayer every Sunday. Because it roots us as a community to say, let your kingdom come. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here on earth in my life, in all of my life. And where it's not happening, I repent. And I believe again that you are God and you are good and you are creating life. Show me how to, lo- how to live in your ways. Show me how to draw life from you because you are the creator and I am not. Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Behold, I am making all things new. This is the hope we live into. This is the hope that anchors us tomorrow morning when we wake up. This is the hope we bring all of our despair, and we lay it down. And we go, God, all I can carry is despair, so you take it. All I can carry is worry and anxiety. You take it. All I can carry is brokenness and discouragement. You take it. God, all I can carry is wealth and prosperity. You take it. God, all I can carry is joy. It's back to you as worship. All I can carry is mercy. I lay it at your feet because it's worship back to you. Whatever it is you carry, it is intended to be worship to King Jesus. So here's how we're going to respond today. Jesus says to follow him as his disciple, it is a decision to pick up your cross and deny yourself. To deny yourself. And that's still a pretty countercultural message in our day and time. See, self denial still is an interesting thing, it's still self centered because you're still calling all the shots. Denial of self means I'm self-surrendered to Jesus. We want to live as surrendered people who in humility say, God, you have all of me. You have all of me. You have all of me. I want you to listen to a couple sentences from Andy Crouch in an article he wrote. We've referenced this over the last couple weeks of preaching. An article titled, The Three Callings of a Christian. Indeed, there is one topic that I'm extremely interested in 
that the writers of Scripture do not seem interested in at all. Indeed, there is one topic I'm extremely interested in that the writers of Scriptures do not seem interested in at all, and that topic is actually me. I am quite interested in the expressive individual that I call me. But Scripture turns out not to be interested in me hardly at all. It is somewhat more interested in me as a member of a community, connected to one of the nations of the earth. But really, what Scripture is interested in is God. God's mission in the world, God's commissioning of a people, and God's gracious invitation to me to stop being so interested in me and to start being absolutely fascinated by him and his mission. The creator of all creation is inviting you to bring your life to him and be completely captured by his magnitude, by his beauty, by the power of his presence to transform all of you. And the thing that it costs us to be part of his kingdom community is to lay down our life. To repent and believe. So here's what I want to do. I want to let it be quiet for a minute. We've already done this at communion. We've already done this as we sing and worship and proclaim that you are the same God. So as we've worshipped, as we've prayed, as we've come and received communion as a community, as we've read the scriptures, is there something you are aware of today that you need to decide on? Is there something you need to turn from so that you turn to Jesus? Is there something that might be repentance? Is there something of yourself you need to just be reminded this goes to the cross? My wife Lauren was listening to a podcast and there was such a helpful moment for a ministry response so I'm just going to read this and then I'm going to let it be quiet. Jenny Allen was with some people praying, and she said, name the things we love more than God. What do you love more than God? What do you want more than God? Maybe those are the things God's asking us to come and humble and yield and say, it's yours. It's yours. God, show us by your spirit what the decision is today. You are creating a kingdom community where you are king. You say, Holy Spirit, come and just speak.
God, we need you, the giver of life, to give life. I was thinking about this. I said I feel like I'm preaching, preaching harshly. Here's what I, I want to own. I believe Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, which means if I am living apart from Jesus, it's killing me. And I don't want you to die. I want you to live. And that's God's heart for you. Anything I'm holding back and saying I know better will kill me. And Jesus today is saying, bring that to me. Anything that I love more than God is an idol in my life. It's actually the thing I worship. It is the thing I esteem most. God is looking for people whose hearts are completely yielded to him. How might God invite you into his story this week? This week, what might God be doing in your life and in your world to bring more of his kingdom? Let's stand together. As we stand, there's going to be a couple invitations for this moment. And so what I want to do is ask our prayer ministry team to come and stand down here. You are always welcome to come invite someone to pray with you. You also are just welcome if you just need a personal moment, like, to get active, you just need to come. Maybe your tradition is to like kneel at an altar. You can just come kneel down here. You can actually do that right at your seat. Maybe you came with a friend and you feel a little more comfortable, but just grabbing them saying, God is inviting me to make a decision today, and I want to tell somebody about that. So here's the first thing I want to say. If you have never made a decision to receive God and to believe in his name, today can be the day you do that. You can step into the story of God right now because it's about relationship. God wants to have relationship with you, and he loves you. And he is patiently waiting. God is waiting and just says, you decide. If you have never made a decision or you've been living your life in a way that's very opposite from God, and you feel like God's saying, hey, repent and believe. Turn to me and come home. You get met by love today, and you just have to say, I'm coming home. That makes sense to you in any way. Just come let one of our team pray for you and just celebrate with you. That is the way to life. One of our prayer ministry teams, they were praying before service, and they felt like God had this uh, encouragement for you. Specifically, as they were praying, they said, um, many are carrying burdens today. You are carrying very heavy burdens, and Jesus says, come to me and no one else. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. If you, life has felt heavier than you can carry, we want to pray freedom for you today. That is actually a decision to say, God, life has been too much for me to carry. I decide to give it to you. That is a healthy spiritual practice. That is humility. And you never should be having to do that alone. We want to do that within community. So I want to invite us to do something. If you feel comfortable, this is not like magical. It's not superstitious. But I just know when I open myself in a physical posture, say, God, I want to receive from you. It's like receiving a gift. However you want to open your life to God, I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing for you that the Holy Spirit would just do what the Holy Spirit needs to do in your life. The creator that hovered over the chaos, who is 
helping make all things new can hover over our lives today and move really close and meet your needs. And it's the promise of Jesus, the outpouring of the Spirit for, for those who would be a part of his church. So God, we just say we need you. We have declared it in song. We have seen it in the scriptures. And we just say, let your kingdom come. Let it come. Pour out your spirit on this community. We have need, and we find ourselves coming to you saying, God, you are the only one that will satisfy. You are the only one that can create in me the things I need created. You are the only one who can make all things new. And so we bring our lives to you again, and we decide again to lay our lives at your feet as worship. And so I pray that you would bless us to discover what it is to be a kingdom community, to step into your story, and to be free to not make it all about me, but to let it be about you because you are the giver of life. And when we lay down our life and we fear we would lose it, it is actually in that humbled, surrendered posture we gain the thing that can be never taken from us, and it's you and you alone. So I bless your people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to receive life and to walk it out day in and day out. Bless them with all of who you are this week. Amen.